Okay, no music intro today. I'm just going to go right into it. Welcome to the show. How about that? A subdued start to the show. It's another another episode of the SWP, which may stand for the Steve Warren Project, might stand for sports and whatever. We may never know the answer, but we are going off daily with Ottawa sports talk and fun. It's Steve and Jimmy schmoozing it up once again. And, and Jimmy, if I may, first word today to David Johnson, one of the good listeners, sent us a note on Facebook that made me chuckle, and I think it will you as well. Congrats to you and Jimmy on last week and the 500 sodes, as he called it. Hands and feet above the competition. Most people would do a weekly podcast, but you didn't do that, did you? Still loving the content on the daily. Thanks, boys. That is from David. How are things, James? He got them all in there. He got it all in there. You didn't do that, though, did you? Yeah. By the way, that's a Bill Hader thing, isn't it? I saw. I, I think that's I saw right. that. Yeah. 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 For sure. For sure it is. Because because no, Bill Hader's, uh, they did a big, big thing on the deep fakes that are out there. You've seen the deep fakes, right? No. What's I mean, the deep fakes? Well, that's when you, we've talked about this on the show before. So it's basically, you can take somebody's face and put it on somebody else's face in in a video. Right. Okay. And it, lo- yeah, yeah. And it okay. Looks, a, looks a million percent like them. And so Bill Hader's on various talk shows and they're morphing, uh, you know, Al Pacino's face onto his as he's doing an Al Pacino impression and such. And and at one point he was doing that, uh, that you didn't do that, did you? And I was like, that's where Jimmy got that. <laughs> oh yeah. Oh, I love Bill Hader. And then he's of course, great. of course, uh, um, the, the, one of the main guys what was the Canadian guy, the host on Dateline. Um, Keith Morrison. Oh, Keith Morrison. Yeah. He does. It's just unreal. I can't, I laugh every time he does it. Where yeah. he says, uh, uh, Keith goes, so you saw your father get shot in the face. That's wild. <laughs> <laughs> he's such a chameleon, Bill Hader, because oh, he can totally. do. He, he's uh, he can act. If you've seen uh, if you've seen Barry, which has sort of a sitcom component, but also a drama component at the same time. So he's just a real chameleon with all the things he can do. But then you see him when he's just sort of hanging out on a talk show or something like that, he's almost a bit nerdy on right. top of it. So yeah, he's yeah. A, an interesting guy and, and I've liked everything he's done. I forget which movie I saw in the last few months with him. It was about him and a girl. Uh, I, I, I forget, but yeah, great actor. Yeah. Great actor. Yeah. Was that the one with yeah. Kristen Wiig? What's it called? I don't know what it's called. Uh, the skeleton twins, something like that. Something like that. Yeah. So I, I guess. Yeah. Um, but he's great. And he yeah. plays like a gay Robin guy. Williams, and he's... Right? Robin Williams was a fantastic actor. Oh right? my God, hilarious, yeah. hilarious comic, but uh, really good. You know, really good. Well, I mean, two of my favorites. You go back and watch them, and they're just classics. And that'd be Goodwill Hunting and uh, Dead Poet Society. Right. They're, yeah. Right. Those both. They both kind of came out of left field because you always thought of the you know the zany Robin Williams, and to see him in those two movies, you're like, wow, this guy's got a whole other level. He's got chops, man. Yeah. Yeah. It's like uh, when you when you get introduced to Jim Carrey back in his day, right? He was just a lunatic. Yeah. Right? A lunatic. I mean, he just was. I saw him. The first time I saw him was at Carleton University years ago, Porter Hall up uh, in, the, in the uni center. And I was, you know, I was brought to my knees, man, with how funny he was with his impressions. But he was whacked, you know? He was whacked. And you would think, well, this guy's never, ever going to be any sort of actor if he wanted to be. He's an unbelievable actor. 
right? Oh God, yeah. From comedy to drama to all all sorts of stuff, you know. It was, um, you know, so that's, you know, you've got, uh, uh, you know, Bill Hader's good actor, Robin Williams, Jim Carrey, and and you know, Jim Carrey and Robin Williams are the are the most curious, right? That they're they're really good dramatic actors, you know, and they're and they're fucking nuts. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah, no question. All right, we should launch in. We've uh, we've got a little sideways there to start, but I enjoy doing that. And we got lots to get to here today. Um, Sens were in action last night, but we're not going to talk too much about that because it was a late start. And, well, we weren't staying up for that, but we'll talk about it in our next episode, of course. Um, other things on the go. Um, America. God. America with 10 times the population has beaten us to the vaccination finish line. I just got a, a tweet from Joe Biden here. Uh, says uh, literally everybody in America can now get their vaccine. Everybody. Oh, wow. Fantastic. Yeah. yeah. Good. So demographically, they've beaten us to the finish line. Uh, they opened it up here in Ontario. I think we mentioned in the last episode, to the 40 and over crowd here. Um, but uh, yeah, it just, it seems weird to me that America would be that far ahead of us when it seemed like their early reactions under Donald Trump's watch seemed to be well behind Canada. Yeah. Um, well, it kind of bodes well for companies to get along with America <laughs> you know, to, to make yeah, them a that. priority. Uh, yeah. Follow the money it, as always. It's just in, they've got connections, you know, mm-hmm. uh, America. So I'm glad to hear that. I, I, I'm, I'm really glad to hear it. It's not good, right? It's not, pe- people are, you know, are panicking. Uh, you know, the, the variant is having, a, you know, a worse effect than, than we'd hoped for. And, uh, I talked to, I uh, know I've taken to sort of phoning friends of my parents. My mom always used to be fairly strict with you. Got to stay in touch with these people, you know. You stay in touch, and I, I phoned one of their best friends uh, last night, Mrs. Brown. I still call her, okay, Mrs. Brown. She's probably got to be ninety, and you know, as we sort of bump through each day now, going, oh yeah, right, right, COVID's here, of course, and you got to be careful and all that stuff. God, you talk to these senior citizens, and they are in full panic mode full panic mode right there she's she's closed in lives in a condo on uh, lakeshore boulevard in toronto up -hmm. in a high rise and um you know is really out of sorts you know really out of sorts about how are they going to get food you know how are they how are they going to get anything they've got to you know rely on family and stuff to uh so i was really kind of taken aback when i talked to her yesterday that you know how how nervous they are right and how frightened they are yeah um you know even though they're elderly you know no nobody wants to die you know nobody wants to die and and you you can hear that in her voice and and many other senior citizens you know so it's a terrible time terrible time for for everybody but uh it it put it in perspective for me yesterday right you know with you know we have kids they're young everyone's everyone seems to just you know sort of proceeding through their day uh, watching the news, saying, "Okay, we got to bear down a little more." But uh, for the elderly, it's just it's just an awful, awful time for them. They don't want to go out that way, you know. Yeah. Um, so no question. Um, changing gears to the sports side of things, and maybe a little more lightness. And that was oh, it's a video that grabbed me today, and it's the one thing I wanted to talk about more than anything else. We're going to get to today. And that's the video that quarterback Alex Smith put out there today on his Instagram. And it was basically announcing his retirement from the game. But oh my God, what an absolutely amazing comeback that this guy had 
The guy broke his leg playing for the Washington Redskins a couple of years ago, and there was concerns whether he'd survive. Like it was that bad a break. Uh, for certain, there was possibility that he might lose the leg. And not only did he overcome all that, uh, he went through uh, multiple surgeries, like in the double digits, and uh, and just fought his way back and fought his way back. And finally, this past season, got into a Washington Redskins game. And then today decided, you know what? A lot of living left to do. Feel like I have a lot of throws in me still, a lot of snaps, but I'm going to call it a day. And uh, I don't know. Did you have a chance to see the video that I said? I did. I did. It's great. Yeah. Huh? It was moving. It's all, it was yeah. moving, you know? Um, you know, he the, the the great part of the video, the two or three minute video, I think it's just over a couple of minutes, is he starts Now, before off you top- react to it, Jimmy, do you want to play it here? It's only a couple of minutes. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So here is Alex Smith, the uh, Washington Redskins quarterback, calling it a day. And I thought it was uh, really inspiring. Two years ago, I was stuck in a wheelchair, staring down at my mangled leg, wondering if I'd ever be able to go on a walk with my wife again or play games with my kids in the yard. Putting my helmet back on was the farthest thing from my mind. I just kept asking myself, all this for a stupid game? But then someone did something that changed my recovery completely. He put a football back in my hands. I don't know what it was, but all of a sudden I felt stronger, more driven, and what once seemed impossible began to come into focus. And the truth is, over the course of my life, that's what this game has done for me. I was a skinny, no-name recruit who wasn't even supposed to play in college, let alone go to New York as a Heisman finalist, or be the first one to have his name called on draft night. And then, on a routine play, I almost lost everything. But football wouldn't let me give up, because no, this isn't just a game. It's not just what happens between those white lines on a Sunday afternoon. It's about the challenges and the commitment they require. It's about how hard and how far you can push yourself. It's about the bond between those 53 guys in the locker room and everybody else in the organization. It's about fully committing yourself to something bigger. And most of all, it's about you. So to everyone out there, whether you're a part of Niner Nation, the Chiefs Kingdom, or the Burgundy and Gold, I thank you. To all the men I had the privilege of standing with and playing alongside, thank you. I want to say thank you for believing in me. And thank you for helping me believe in myself and in the impossible. And here we go. Wow. Folks, Alex Smith for the first time since... Because even though I've got plenty of snaps left in me, after 16 years of giving this game everything I've got, I can't wait to see what else is possible. But first... I'm going to take a little time to enjoy a few of those walks with my wife and my kids have no idea what's coming for them in the backyard. So there it is, Alex Smith, um, a pretty inspiring video. And I wonder if others will follow suit as they call it a career doing something along those lines. I'm not sure that many have Alex Smith's story to go with it, but that was a hell of a video, wasn't it? Right right away when you look at it, you're just in, in amazement. When you see the opening of it where the guy's leg is in, you know, it's just bolted down, right? With one of those metal, it looks like scaffolding, you know, that's around exactly. your leg. Yeah, and, and you know, bolted in the sides. You're going, wait, wait a minute. This guy came back from that? Yeah. You know, so you see that right away. And then he launches in to talk about, uh, you know, when, when, he, when he got injured like this so dramatically uh, that he said, 
you know, football didn't matter. It's just a stupid game, I think is what he says in that video. Um, you know, it's just a dumb game and I'm, I'm, you know, I got I got to move on. Things are way bigger, way, way more important to me than the game of football. And then 30 seconds later, he goes, well, at least that's what I thought it was until someone handed me a football when I was in rehab. Yeah. And he talks about, you know, as a matter of fact, I owe everything to football, you know, and um, it was, uh, you know, poignant. It was, it was bang on, you know, he, he, he really put together, you know, incredible, incredible thought, you know, before he, before he did this thing and, and what it meant to him and what football meant to yeah. him. It's, you know, what a comeback. Obviously I can't, I can't, I can't relate to an NFL career, but I can certainly relate to having to that love of just having a football in your hand. Like I would, I would be on the floor watching TV, throwing a football up in the air while lying on my back. Just right. the, the feel of a football, the smell of a football. Absolutely loved it. And it just, it really did kind of, it had the, this emotive quality about it that you just like, oh my God, I love throwing the football around. And it was the same with a ball glove, right? You just, you'd have the ball glove and the smell of it and the feel of it. Yeah, it's kind of careful what you wish for, right? Because um, you never... You never know how much you're going to miss something till it's taken away. Right. Right. I, that, that's a household deal, right? It's not me making that up. We've all heard that. You never know how much you're going to miss something till it's taken away. It's a Joni Mitchell song. Oh, there you go. You don't know what okay. you got till it's gone. Um, right. Right. Um, you know, in its worst form, it's death, right? When you, when you lose somebody and it's worst. But then you see this guy talking about it and then, you know, saying, oh, oh my God, I can't, I can't believe what the game did mean to me, you know, when, you know, particularly when I got injured, right? I got taken out of the game. Um, you know, it, it comes on the heels, Stevie, this, this video that the guy, it's, it's Alex Smith, right? Is his name? Correct. Yeah. It comes on the heels of yesterday. You, we've, we've had shows in, uh, where we talk about the comeback, right? The great comeback from injury. Uh, you know, Mario Lemieux, we talk about in hockey and, um, I think it was, uh, who was the kid in Ottawa, Steve, the senators, Ryan, uh, Bobby Ryan. Yeah. Bobby Ryan, who, who kept his life together when it was spiraling out of control. Um, you know, Saku Koivu, I always talk about when he came back from cancer, there's, there's all, all sorts of stories like that, you know? Um, and yesterday they, they did a thing in, uh, on the, on the golf channel because Lydia Ko, who hasn't won in many years. Okay, who hasn't won in many years? She was she, she was a phenom, right? She won the Canadian Open when she was fifteen years old, or sixteen, at least twice in a row. Yeah, crazy, crazy, right? And and so there was this story. She won uh, the other day. By the way, I've never seen it before. Four rounds of seven under each, Steve. Okay, she wins by Yikes. four or five shots. Uh, and and so they made this. You know, they 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 profiled her. You know, looking at the number of days since she's won. They also used Jordan Spieth, which everyone thought, what's going to happen with this guy? And, and Stuart Sink, who, was, you know, who won uh, the Heritage Classic yesterday, the RBC Heritage, and he's 47 years old. And they were showing this thing going, this is amazing. These people, grind, they, they grinded it out. They hung in there. They you know, practiced their head off you know, more than they ever did before. They played through this adversity. They played through the emotion of thinking, man, my career might be over. And you go, that's pretty cool. And then you see this story about Alex Smith. And you go, you know what? You guys are going to be fine. I don't give a shit that you haven't won in three years, okay? Yeah. <laughs> right? And, uh, and yet, when I first saw it before the, the video, 
you know, when I first saw it, I was always like, yeah, wow, way to go, man. Wow. But that's, that's really, really something to overcome. Right. And then I'm going, no, no, that's not that big a deal. Okay. Here's a really big deal. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. So it's really inspiring for sure to see, um, to see the way he was, as he said in the video, he was just trying to, you know, get to a place, football meant nothing, get to a place where he could just play with his kids again, that he could walk again, that he could save the leg for God's right. sakes. And that there was still a bit more football, not very much, but a bit more football at the end of his rehab. That's amazing. And and just to be able to prove that to yourself that you can do that, like that guy's going to be so successful in life uh, with, with a will like that. And so I was really inspired by that. And I wanted to play that for everybody today. The Alex Smith retirement video uh, worth checking out because I don't know if audio only does it justice. It's quite good. And uh, it was neat seeing them you know, running around in the backyard uh, with his kids, which I'm sure was the first thing in his mind when he was dealing with this whole thing. Will I ever be able to do that? And he actually shows it in the video. Still a bit of a limp there. I got thinking to myself, I don't know if that guy was uh, necessarily, uh, you know, fully 100% because, uh, you know, not that he was ever a mobile quarterback to start with, but it was, mm-hmm. a, it was a bit of a hitch in the old stride. But hey, He's got a long life in front of him, and uh, I wish him nothing but joy and success and luck. Yeah, well done, man. Well done. Yeah. Um, and and the other, you know the uh, interesting that comes out today too, where this guy you know talked about this great career that he had, and and of course the story being you know overcoming you know unbelievable odds, unbelievable odds. Yeah. Uh, and then Patrick Marlowe, right? I think I think of him today. Uh, we spoke about him yesterday on the show, but I th- but I think of him. And and what an you know what an accomplishment that is, uh, for for this guy to, you know, win or play in seventeen hundred plus games now to beat Gordy Howe. Yeah. Um. And and his story is pretty cool. You know when when he talks about it. Okay, let's hear from Patrick. We all know what we think. It's amazing, and uh, he 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 really points out how uh, he would have never ever been able to do anything like that if it wasn't for his kids and his wife. Uh, in, in the thing, and uh, it's great, you know. Yeah, a lot, a lot of guys would go to the coaching deal. Uh, the parents drive me to practice and all that stuff, which is which is part of it for sure. Um, but but I really got a sense this guy's was you know talking more about family than he was about actually playing games. You know. Yeah, the comeback story was all over the NHL last night, and the Vancouver Canucks are back, and they took on the Toronto Maple Leafs. And they just come off a 24-day layoff in which the almost the entire team, like almost every single player, is sick. Some mm-hmm. of them taking IVs to get through COVID. And so now they're all lined up, I guess, uh, with 19 games in 32 days after this 24-day layoff. This is almost, un- I mean, it is unfair to ask of them, but that's if you want to comp- continue competing in this season, there's not much choice. So right in the first game, they got to take on the best team in the North, maybe one of the best teams in the league in the Toronto Maple Leafs, though their goaltending is sketchy. I'll say that. But they they looked exhausted. They were outskated. They were outchanced. And yet somehow, some way, the Canucks rallied from two goals down to beat the Leafs 3-2 in overtime. Bo Horvat scoring in OT. And I thought that was kind of a neat comeback story as well. Not exactly your standard regular season win. That's pretty special when so many guys were so sick with the, uh, with the COVID situation. Yeah. Kind of a Rudy story, right? 
even if even if it's only for one game, right? I don't. I'm, I'm just looking at the standings. Um, they've they've got 30, they're not making it. Yeah, they got 37 points, right? So when I read, first read that, I was like, what 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 do you mean? What are they coming back here with? What? Uh, so that that's kind of cool that that they're just looking at that one game, saying, man, oh man, talk about you know on a day here, Steve, when the theme is overcoming adversity. Yeah. Uh, Pretty cool story because when I looked at it, I went, well, there's no story here. They're not going to make the freaking playoffs. They've got no shot. They have four games in hand on Montreal, the team they're trying to catch. If they were to miraculously win all four of those games, now they'd suddenly be just two points back of the Montreal Canadiens. Get all eight of those points, and you might have a discussion. There you go. But I just, yeah. I just don't expect that to happen. That's all. Right. Right. But who knows, Stevie? You know, sports, is, sports has had miraculous stories. Yep. Uh, Anyway, good for them. All right, let's take a time out of the program. When we come back, uh, we got a bunch of other stuff. Uh, Max Domi, uh, he is now the latest to be in John Tortorella's doghouse. And we have uh, we have another suspension in the NHL. This for a pretty nasty knee-on-knee hit in the aforementioned Canucks-Leafs game uh, that happened on Sunday night. So we'll talk about those things and much more after these words. Trucks and minivans cost less to insure than small cars. You get a better deal on home insurance if you have good credit. The biggest insurance brokers are owned by insurance companies. I'm Josh. Make sure you choose a broker who has your best interest in mind. All Insurance Ontario is independent, family-owned, and has your back. Text me at 613-860-6008 to get on our team. All Insurance Ontario, your modern boutique broker. You all know Jim K. Ford as being an awesome auto dealership in town, but they're also a full-service commercial and fleet dealership. They supply companies in the Ottawa area with work trucks of all shapes, sizes, and functionalities, from small delivery vans right to the big F-750s. Whether you're in towing, landscaping, or deliveries, or, well, any job that needs a big truck, Jim K. Ford can help you with the right truck and body for your needs. JimKFord.com, 1438 Uville Drive in Orleans. It's the Spring Into Win giveaway at Popeye Supplements. So many great prizes right now, like a $1,000 shopping spree at Sale Outdoor Superstore, or the grand prize, a new Peloton Bike Works or a Nordic Track Vault. They're both awesome. It's winner's choice, and both come with one-year memberships. To enter, buy one of the awesome Popeye's products from Progressive, Iron Vegan, Smart Solutions, or Precision, and each time you do that, you get another ballot in the draw. No purchase necessary. See website for details. It's the Spring Into Win giveaway at PopeyesOnlineOrders.com. The Steve Warren Project. Sports and whatever. We've got a suspension in the NHL. The Canucks, Alex Edler, at a hearing today for his knee-on-knee hit on Toronto's Zach Hyman, who has been just really good for the Leafs this year. You know, he is that secondary scoring that you always look for in any team and he's a buzzsaw. He drives a line. He's had a terrific season and uh, he got taken out by Edler with a knee on knee hit. And uh, Edler is now just a moment ago been suspended two games for that. You've seen the video. What did you think of that? It's way up there. It's way up there as, as you know, the, the most undignified freaking move you could ever pull off in hockey, you know? Um, to intentionally put your knee on another guy's knee. And here's why, Steve. It always results in a huge injury, right? It always results. You know, they have this intent to injure thing. 
maybe it may, you know, may you get away with the odd cross check, right? You see it, it can be, it can look bad, but you're going, well, it was just in the heat of the, you know, heat, heat of the moment. And this isn't the first time Edler's done this. I think it was a world hockey championship where he just cleaned out Eric Stahl in the same fashion when Stahl was playing for team Canada and Edler was with team Sweden. And uh, I thought it was an even worse one than this one here. Hyman is at least making a cut move to the middle. So he's changed his angle. Whereas Stahl was just, he didn't change his angle at all. It was right in the middle of the ice surface. And, uh, and Edler just came in and he was lucky. He didn't have a serious injury, but he right. was hurt on the play. And uh, anyway, so my point is, it's not Edler's first go around with this kind of thing. Yeah. And that, uh, you know, he's lucky he only got two games, right? There's always that, that argument that uh, the guy, the, the, the guy who put, puts the hit on the guy, right. Uh, should be out as long as the guy is who gets injured. Right. right. And, and I don't mind that, you know, I don't mind that. Um, so, you know, other, other stuff, other suspendable stuff, shit happens, right. Uh, you know, hitting from behind, right. Sometimes it, it wants to be innocent, but the guy loses his footing and goes face first and then head snaps back and they got to suspend that. But I don't think it's as lethal as what that guy did. Mm-hmm. You know, sticking your knee out onto the other guy's knee, no, knowing that's what you're trying to do. I don't um, know if he. I don't know if it was yeah. a reaction or if he intentionally did it or not. I'm right. I'm kind of torn on it. The only th- the only thing is the only saving thing is it's not premeditated, right? No, you know, I don't think the, so. You're, you're in the play, and you sort of excuse the pun, knee jerk reaction, you know, to do it, but uh, it can result in you know wrecking a guy's career, right? Yeah. If I could, can I address that that notion? Because you're not the first person I've heard ever talk about it. That whole thing of, well, he should be out. Edler should be out for as long as Hyman is out for Toronto. Um, the downside there is that you can really take advantage of that if the right circumstances came along. Like, say, the Ottawa Senators are taking on the Toronto Maple Leafs. Maybe it's even in the playoffs. Who knows? And uh, say you've got Austin Matthews who loses his mind a little bit for a second and does something to Austin Watson that injures him. Well, Austin Watson is a fourth-line player for the Ottawa Senators in a playoff series, and uh, I would suggest the Sens would say, oh, that's a season-ender, Austin, if that's going to keep Austin Matthews out for the rest of the series under the you've got to stay out as long as your victim is. Yeah, true. I mean, there's kind of loopholes in all the all the rules and regulations. Uh yeah, but, but there's a certain amount of honor, Steve, when it comes to sports. It's a nice thought. I just feel like very often guys will take advantage of it. It's, you know, you see diving in hockey. You see guys now, anytime a stick blade comes, you know, up over somebody's waist, mm-hmm. they'll just snap their head back as though, oh, my God, he's just chainsawed my face off with right, that, even right. though the, the stick blades come nowhere near him. So they're always looking for an edge, unfortunately. You know, what's the most punishable thing in hockey? You know, what, what, what is it? What's the dirtiest play? The dirtiest play kicking, I guess. Well, slew footing is a good one, right? Yeah. If you, you, you know, you take a guy while he's standing still spitting at a guy's face. Spit. Yeah. Spitting, uh, spearing a guy, right. Taking the blade of your stick, sticking it in the guy's stomach. That's, that's lethal. Well, pick one. What is your most, what is in your opinion? What is the biggest foul in hockey? Um, icing, right? Uh, <laughs> I mean, you can't be doing that, Steve. It's true. Okay? You're going to wreck guy's career, right? Yeah. yeah. The, I, I think spearing. I, th- okay. I think spearing. Yeah. I think if you, you try and stab a guy with the blade of your stick, that's, uh, you know, you should go away for a long time. Right. What do you think? I would go with kicking. It's at the end of the day, that's, 
as with spearing, it can actually, you know, it can actually cut a guy and, uh, and do serious damage. Right. So, right. And there's so much intent, you know, when you talk about the kneeing thing, you can always have a discussion. Well, he changed his angle or he cut to the middle at the last second and I didn't want him to go for a breakaway and get by me. So there's still some mentality of that's a hockey play to some degree, even though it's just reaction and it, uh, it ends up looking awful. With the other ones, you don't kick a guy unless it's totally intentional, whether it's a stomp or whether it's a standard, you know, toe first kick. Mm-hmm. There's so much intent behind that and it's all ugly. Thank God you don't see it very often, the kicking thing. Yeah, it's true. It's true. Last thing on the hockey thing before we uh, take a break. Max Domi is the latest in John Tortorella's crosshairs. He's expected to be a healthy scratch as we record this for the uh, Monday night game against the Panthers. Domi was, well, he's been moved around the league a little. Certainly Montreal was glad to have him initially in the uh, Alex Galchenyuk deal, but he seemed to wear it as welcome in Montreal. They sent him to Columbus for Josh Anderson, and Hab fans love Josh Anderson, big power forward. And Domi has already, um, well, he's found his way into John Tortorella's doghouse. And the bottom line is, if you're not willing to play two-way hockey, you're not going to be getting along with Tortsy. Yeah, here, here's here's the problem for Tortsy. <laughs> I should call him. Is that right, Larry? Is that right, Larry? I guess that's what I'm saying, Brooksy. You get that through your head? I guess so. Yeah. And it's time to waste the time. Oh, then get the fuck out of here then. Okay, see ya. So that's a pretty good exchange between John Tortorella and Larry Brooks from the New York Post. But it's not my favorite John Tortorella, Jimmy. It is the HBO special back in 2012 when Tortorella was um, head coach of the New York Rangers and the Rangers had just played a bad first period in the playoffs, and Tortorella tore them a new one. I asked you to fucking defend. I've seen you fucking defend before, and you're going to do it here. If that's how we're going to battle, we're not going to have a chance to win. Jesus Christ, how much time do we have to talk about it? If that's all the juice we have as far as competing against that team, we will get killed tonight. And we have two periods here. So I've asked you all to buy into how we have to play. If that's it, we're fucking done. Pack it up. And I know that this fucking team isn't that way. I've seen you. So let's, we have 40 fucking minutes to go. Take each shift at a time and chip away. They are not that good in their end zone. And we know our club. That's the biggest fucking positive of our team is how hard we play. So fucking screw it on straight here. Screw it on and let's be ready to go each shift at a time, okay? So stiff it up here. Everybody, help one another. But I tell you, if you're not going to be stiff, you're not going to play. I'm warning you all. This is a contest here that's a good test for us where we are right now. Quarter of the season's done. Let's see what we are against the sniff hockey team. Let's be ready to go here now. Come on. There's something wrong with John Tortorella. You think? Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. He's got underlying issues, man. Okay. From somewhere. From his childhood or as a, you know, I don't know what kind of hockey he played. Uh, did he play in the league? Was he a big NHL guy? I never played. Never played. So he, he's, got a, he's got a problem, man. Okay. You just don't you just don't do that, Steve. You know, in, in professional sports, you know that you just sort of randomly sit these guys. You know, okay, yeah, you know what? I think he's got a power 
power problem, Stevie. Uh, because, you know, the, you know, you hear from a lot of coaches in sports all the time when the team's going bad and they've got to face the press and they'll, they'll even get hammered with, by the way, your superstar here or your, sec, you know, your first liner, uh, Ryan Nugent Hopkins, okay, not performing very well. Right. Uh, what's your answer to that, you know? And, you know, really good coaches, right, will say, got to grind through it, you know, having some bad luck. We know his potential. We know what he can do. Everybody knows what he can do. And we believe in him. Mm-hmm. You know, we believe in him. And you need to believe in your guys, Stevie, in sports. We all know that. You, you, you have to have, you know, unconditional belief, man, in your players. You do. We're all in it together. And by that guy doing that, I, I, I think it's, it's just the wrong deal on a, on a team sport here. You know, it, it really is. Yeah. Uh, I, I think. So I, th- I think there's something wrong with you. I think there's a way better way. You know, you don't, you don't want to. You don't want to hack on these guys, Steve, who are who are great players, right? Uh, Max Domi's a great player, right? Really good player. Um, so I don't know. I think there's something wrong with them. Yeah. The thing is, you can't go after everybody with the same game plan, and uh, and maybe he just thinks that that's the only way he can handle some of these skill guys who don't basically play the game the right way. Uh, the defensive hockey is not as important to them as the offensive side. And, uh, and that really rubs him the wrong way, I think. And uh, that's always going to be a struggle. But, uh, I mean, it's all about keeping your job, and it's all about being successful, and nobody can be treated the same way. If he does that with one player, it, it might backfire in his face with another player. So you've got, you've got uh, 23 guys that you're the caretaker of, and they're all absolutely different. You know, right. you probably break them into like three or four categories, but generally – they're all different and uh, like he's not a lunatic. Like he's not, he's not like abusing players per se, at least that, that I can see uh, anything like, you know, the whole Bill Peters thing or Mike Babcock. So it's hard to keep your job in the NHL. If you look at the NHL coaching list right now, mm-hmm. like half the league has been hired in the last two years, half the league. It's a 31 team league and half of the guys have been hired here in the last two oh, wow. years. Yeah. Right. So you're hired to be fired. You do what you have to do to keep your job. And John Tortorella uh, not only keeps his jobs for a considerable amount of time, but um, he's right there among the act. I mean, as far as active guys, he'd be right near the top of the list in games coached in the NHL. Right. Right. Um, I, I, I just don't think the or else or the ultimatum thing works in sports very well. It, 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 I just don't think it does. You know, right. I read a great story um, about Mike Milbury, uh, James Duthie, put out a book called beauties. Yeah. Okay. Stories about guys. And, um, I, I loved this story when I read it, that Mike Milbury, Mike Milbury's team was going bad. Okay. They were all bad and he had them on the ice and he told them all to shut up. And he started, uh, you know, pointing, singling out each guy. Okay. Separately and telling the guy what's wrong with them. Okay. Mm -hmm. So they're all standing on the ice and he, and he would say, uh, you know, you're brutal. Okay. You're minus eight. You're no good defensively. Okay. And, and so you're looking at this going, Oh Jesus, man, this could be embarrassing, but you know, it's the big, bad world of sports. And so what I'm going to do is I'm going to skate for you. I'm going to do two laps as fast as I can around the ice mm-hmm. for you. Right. I'm going, what the, you got to read, you got to read it. You got to pull the story up and then someone else, right? You're, you're, you're no good in face-offs. Okay. Your face-off percentage is way down. You know, 13% wins or something, right? We want over 50 here, pal. Okay? So I'm going to skate for you. 
Okay. And he, he, he skated for every single guy on the team. Every single guy on the team. It's the most remarkable thing I'd heard in a long time. Cool, right? Cool. Imagine what you feel about your coach then, Steve, as opposed to Tortorella screaming maniacally, going crazy all the time, you know, drawing attention to himself, left, right, and center. Well, Milbury does get, that too. <laughs> well, yeah, but I, I just love that story. I, lo- yeah. I love what he did. I, I, I love what he did. Right? And I, I think I'd feel a lot better as a player than I would stepping onto the ice going, okay, who knows what's going to happen tonight if I give up a puck, you know? Yep. If I, you know, if I don't make a pass, if I don't play the breakout right or something or, you know, stick to the penalty kill plan, I, you know, I might get benched. I might get benched. I, I, it just sounds like a, not a very good way to deal with the team. But I'm not a fucking hockey coach either. So Right. Well, humiliation is definitely something that's um, that can be effective as a consequence. You, you're not doing things the right way and you get humiliated by way of either being benched or getting screamed at in front of your peers that can right. work in the short term, but you will 100% of the time lose the player. Like that player will resent and hate you for the rest of his time. And maybe Tortorella doesn't care about that stuff or, you know, the types of coaches that, that uh, you know, push all the buttons. But uh, I feel like he's calmed down a little bit compared to where he was, say, 10 years ago. And he's a smart guy. You ever listen to him in, in interviews? Um, he's, when he's in the, the standard post-game stuff, his he heart rates you, now. <laughs> he doesn't give you a toll uh, very much, but if you get him in those sort of feature interviews in the off season, he, he's really interesting to listen to. Yeah, I mean the one thing about hockey players, Steve, and, and all athletes, I guess, uh, you know, is they try hard. They try their hardest. Okay, they're putting out every single night. You know, mm-hmm. um, and and I think Tortorella forgets that a little bit. You know, now if you're if you're dealing with Antonio Brown, okay, uh, that might be a little different. Where you're going, okay, bench this guy. Okay. Right. He's, he's an absolute distraction to the team, you know, not showing up for practice, all that shit. But you don't, you don't see it very often in sports. You, you know, not, not very often do you see it in the NHL that a guy's, you know, even around trade deadline, you know, where they'll, they're, they know they're on the block. Uh, they want out, they've asked for a trade. The, the whole relationship's gone for shit. You know, even that they still, they still play their ass off, you know, each night. So, well, Max Domi, not a very happy camper these days. Uh, his dad, on the other hand, is, and we'll tell you who his famous bestie is, his BFF, <laughs> coming up after these words. Pico is Ottawa's home for authentic old-school, custom-crafted Neapolitan-style pizza without all the fuss and expense of fine dining. Pico is quick and easy, fresh and healthy, and made fast with the highest quality ingredients. 90 seconds. Ready in 90 seconds. Craft your own thin crust pizza masterpiece with unlimited toppings for only $15. Pico. Use the Pico app and save on third-party app fees. They're at 236 Richmond Road, 170 Metcalf Street, and the new Pico location at 305 Rideau. A lot of people I talk to end up asking me about what coverages should they have for their house. How much do I need? Why would I want that? Hi, I'm Jared Gerard, All Insurance Ontario. Call or text me at 801-2659. Give me a call. Let's have that talk. And we'll make sure that you have the coverages that you want and that you need. All Insurance Ontario, your modern boutique broker. Reignite your love for driving with a new Ford at Jim K. Ford. Get behind the wheel and hit the road in a new 2021 model. They've got great features like available Ford Copilot 360 driving technologies. You'll find all of the latest innovations that are made available for new Ford vehicles. So visit Jim K. Ford 
and ask about their great offers on models like the Escape, Edge, Explorer, Ranger, and F-150 only at Jim K. Ford in Orleans or at JimKFord.com. And compared to this time last year, the Ottawa residential home market is up almost 30%, an average sale price of $758,802. Curious to know what your home is worth in a blazing hot market like this? Call the Glen Walton Real Estate Team today for a free, no-obligation estimate. You'll be shocked to learn what you could get for your home and what similar homes are going for in this market. Call the Glen Walton Real Estate Team today at glenwalton.com. I'll tell you the best deal, Steve, as a final thought. Well, we got to talk about this Ty Domi thing first. All right, okay, give me the Ty Domi. Okay, the so it's Ty Domi. Is he ever fat? He has put on some weight, for sure. It looks like his eyebrows are under control again. Remember he was plucking those like crazy? Sure, uh, sure. That's when he was BFFs with Mark Wahlberg the actor. Um, well, now he seems to be best friends forever with Tom Brady. So I, I that don't know. That makes sense. Yeah, of course it does. Long retired Toronto Maple Leaf enforcer with the legend Tom Brady hanging out at this. And they were at a major league soccer game in Miami on Sunday, Sunday afternoon, chilling got the sunglasses going, looking like they're best friends. I get it. If I'm Ty Domi. Okay. Let's go hang out with him. Okay. Yeah. This guy's good. Okay. I don't get it if I'm Tom Brady. <laughs> but uh, but it makes Tom Brady kind of cool, I guess. Right? Yeah. I don't it know. could I be the Mark Wahlberg show. effect because Mark Wahlberg is also a Tom Brady friend. And so that may have been uh, the third man in scenario that got these two together. But uh, let's get out of here. Enjoy the evening. And uh, we shall talk to you in our next episode. Yeah, good night, everybody. We'll see you.